This episode is brought to you by Communications Training for Coffee Teams, a new Mapper Forward workshop tailored to get your team communicating more confidently to improve general mental health as well as business profitability. Click the link in the show notes for further details. Welcome to the Daily Coffee Pro by Mapper Forward, friends. I'm your host, Lee Safar, and today on the podcast, we are talking about the theme, Are We Headed for a Financial Crisis? And uh, on this subject, I'm an idiot, um, so we have brought my friend, Carly Garner onto the podcast to help explain, like she's telling a five-year-old, exactly what's going on in the financial system and uh, why we need to care or why we shouldn't care at all. So Carly, my friend, welcome to the podcast. Well, thank you. I appreciate it. It's good to be here. For full disclosure, I am in no way, shape, or form any any less of an idiot than you are in this That's arena, honestly. Not it's not true. I do happen to be a small business owner, so I have some experience in that area, and I do follow the market, so I can speak to that. But uh, there's, there's a lot of things going on and a lot of moving parts, and it's really hard to uh, explain any of it, to be honest. <laughs> so let's give it a shot. Let's try. I mean, okay. there's a, a, a wall behind Carly that says Dakali Trading, uh, mm-hmm. and it futures options and integrity. So <laughs> Kali is way more qualified than anyone here uh, to talk about this. Kali, why don't you tell everybody what you do? So I'm a commodity broker. We uh, are a boutique commodity shop. We're, we're a relatively small uh, independent office. We kind of do our own thing. We like it that way. Uh, but we deal, we have clients that are trading futures and options. So that could be crude oil, gold, silver, treasuries, stock indices, coffee, commodities, coffee futures. <laughs> um, so that's the, and we facilitate trading by offering them a trading platform and giving them advice and guidance, helping them hedge their business risk or helping them speculate in the markets, whatever they're trying to do. Um, so while I am not a banking expert, I do see the impacts that those things have on the the markets. And I can talk about that. Mm-hmm, great. So over the next five episodes, we're going to be talking about the banking crisis and how it's impacting small businesses, if at all, and kind of we're going to talk about this word that seems to be cropping up in the press a lot, moral hazard. We're going to be talking about a whole bunch of stuff around the financial fuckery that's been going on over the past uh, couple of weeks. In this episode, Carly is going to explain it to me like I'm a five-year-old, what has gone on with the banking crisis. So go. (laughs) Okay. Well, there's honestly what we're seeing today is the result of decades of uh, government intervention in markets. Like in theory, particularly in the United States and most other developed nations, we're supposed to be running a system of capitalism, at least mostly. Uh, Capitalism by definition is uh, businesses and enterprises owned by individuals for profit, not by governments. But -hmm. what's been happening over time is every time there's a crisis, it's really started with the uh, financial crisis in the 2006-2008 period. And it's just kind of been slowly evolving to what we see today. Every time there's some sort of issue, uh, financial crisis or covid or uh, you know, you name it, the Russian-Ukraine war, the government steps in and acts as a backstop to various businesses or catastrophes that are popping up all over the place. And every time they do that, they get a little more control. They, they write a few more rules because they think that's how to fix things. And honestly, that's not how to fix mm. things. It's a small business owner, especially uh, we own a commodity brokerage that is regulated, you know, obviously in the US 
and each there's there's a co constant um, desire for regulators to add more rules. If something goes wrong, they think that they just need more rules, but that's generally not how it works. Instead of adding more rules or making more regulations, what they should be doing is making sure they're enforcing the rules that are already in place, and that's where they seem to go wrong. But all the new rules complicate things. It makes it more expensive for small businesses to operate, mm. more complicated to stay within the lines that they've drawn for us. And honestly, it just kind of uh, pinpoints businesses, whether it's banks or brokerages or whatever it is, into these narrow ranges where it's a little harder for them to make money and they mm -hmm. probably have incentive to color outside the lines a little bit and then we start causing other problems. Um, that's just my opinion. Other people might have a complete different take on it, but I don't think more rules are the answer. I think less rules and better enforcement of the rules is the way to go. Uh, but with that said, each and every crisis, the government gets more and more involved. And we've gotten to a place where the Federal Reserve is in the U.S. I mean, I'm just speaking domestically here. Mm -hmm. uh, we're talking like a handful of people are controlling interest rates for the entire country. And honestly, the globe is kind of all following the same playbook. So mm -hmm. it's not just our leaders. It's everywhere. And these small number of people are making decisions that make or break businesses, make or break investment accounts. And honestly, it's a problem in my eyes. And I think that um, what we're seeing in the banks is there's a couple things going on. If you watch TV or read the papers, they're going to tell you that it's a, a risk management issue. The banks weren't managing the risk and so on and so forth. And this is uh, the downside of capitalism. But the reality is while the banks that are involved in this could have done a better job at risk management. I can't, I kind of almost don't blame them. I mean, yes, they should have hedged better, but the federal reserve keeping interest rates too long for too far, uh, too, I'm sorry, too low for too long, global politicians printing money endlessly, big, mm -hmm. uh, you know, paychecks to people during COVID, they went too far on all of that and it created this inflation bubble and so the federal reserve went from feast to famine very quickly and it was hard for too the average household well. yeah that too, too slow then too fast it was like yeah. slow 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 and then suddenly i mean it's insane what happened and so banks really cannot operate banks or businesses can't operate with those types of fluctuations in uh the value of currencies the value you know interest mm -hmm. rates and it just creates these types of issues. So while the bank could have done a better job at handling the risk, I almost don't blame them. I almost blame politicians and uh, central bankers around the world for what happened. Now, so what happened is um, when a bank operates, they take money in deposits and they take that money and they invest it or they lend it out at higher rates or that's the goal. So if they take in, let's just keep it simple, $1,000, mm -hmm. They're paying uh, whatever the market interest rate is for that deposit. It started at zero and within literally a handful of months went to four, 5%. So it just threw all their books off the, mm -hmm. off the map. They were taking that money and investing it in longer term securities, 30 year treasuries, 10 year notes, when, which in theory, if the bank had 20 or 30 years to hold all of those maturities and let all this play out, they would have plenty of money, but because they 
the value of those 10-year notes and 30-year notes dropped so sharply in value because the Federal Reserve raised interest rates so fast, it created a big hole in their balance sheet. That hole wasn't even apparent until they were forced to mark those assets to the market, meaning, uh, again, if you hold the maturity, they have no risk. But for today, those assets are valued a lot less than what they paid for them. <coughs> so that's where banks got into trouble. And then once, you know, we live in an age where Twitter everybody rules. has access. <laughs> yeah, that's another thing. They make, yeah, there's a, rules are just being made up as we go. And that's a problem. But the thing is, everybody has access to Twitter, Facebook, yeah. instant messenger. And so word spreads really, really fast. And banking is electronic now. Most banks or a lot of banks operate with no branches. Everything's mm. online. So if you want to take, yeah, if you want to take money out, it's a couple clicks of the button. So a bank run can happen like that, as opposed to used mm. to be week. Now it's minutes. Yeah. So if I, I, I just want to under, make sure that I understand it correctly. Mm. So there's a bank, SVB. Okay. It's gone and bought. Um, it's gone and taken the money that depositors have put in their bank. Mm -hmm. And it's decided it wants to make some money off that money uh, while right. its depositors are not using it. So they take it and they buy bonds. They go and invest it somewhere. Mm -hmm. And if these investments were able to reach their maturity, they would have done very well from it. Right. But because of what was going on and what's going on in the market and with interest rates, et cetera, et cetera, they were forced to tell their depositors and their investors mm -hmm. that those investments were losing money. Right. Now, a couple of things to keep just before you continue. Yep. So the two things, the Federal Reserve, before they started raising interest rates so sharply, mm -hmm. they literally were on TV telling businesses, don't worry, we're not going to raise interest rates till 2023. Yeah. It's transitory. So were, Inflation is transitory. Yeah, exactly. So they were coaching businesses and banks to act in, in one way, and then they turned on a dime. Mm -hmm. And again, that's really not fair to people that, you know, banks and businesses are trying to make long-term decisions, mm -hmm. and turning on a dime is not something that's uh, good for, for any of them. No. Um, the other thing is what they were doing really has worked almost always mm -hmm. in history. So it's not like they were just going crazy and buying coffee futures mm -hmm. or something weird. <laughs> this is literally how banks operate and it almost yep. always works. But because the system is so broken and so manipulated by central bankers and politicians, uh, things change so quickly that the interest rate risk just caught up with them. And they could have done something that they could have done one other thing. They could have said to their depositors, okay, interest rates are four or 5% at most banks. We'll give you half a percent because that's all we can give based on what we've already done with our, our proceeds. They could have done that. And honestly, people would have just gradually moved their money elsewhere. So they would have had almost the same result, but it would have been slower. So they chose to do it this way and just hope that it would all work out. And obviously it didn't. Mm. So when they they when the market got told that they had this exposure mm -hmm. somebody noticed and decided to pull their money out they go and tell twitter about it and it starts to spread across twitter 
And then a lot of people start to take their money out. And this is what we call a run on the bank. And that is what started this whole fuckery. Right. And it's my understanding, again, I'm not an expert on exactly who their clients were and their depositors. It's my understanding they didn't have a lot of um, mom and pops like us. Mm. They most a lot of their clients were small businesses with sizable accounts. The FDIC insurance here in the U.S. is basically, it's basically insurance on uh, deposits of two hundred fifty thousand or less. Mo- I believe that most of their clients were accounts bigger than that, so they mm. weren't. They were only minimally benefited from the FDIC insurance. And so when you have a smaller number of clients with bigger deposits, it's a lot easier to bring a bank down in a very small amount of time. And so this is kind of where I want to uh, take this episode to to end it. We end up in a situation, going back to what you mentioned at the top of the episode, where now regulators have stepped in again, again. and they have said, we got a problem about 70% of the people of the the accounts that are held with this bank have more than $250,000 in there. The FDIC isn't supposed to cover and make those those whole, but we're talking about companies like Uber and Lyft here and they make their payroll out of these accounts. And so therefore, one step removed, those everyday people are going to get impacted by this because they're not going to get paid. Right. So then what happens? Well, and that's something to keep in mind also is um, $250,000 sounds like a lot of money to an individual person, but Mm -hmm. for a small business, that's really not that much money. A lot of businesses are running payrolls much bigger than that. Mm -hmm. So as you mentioned, it, that, that figure is just not big enough to protect small businesses and their employees, because obviously it's not the employee's fault that the bank went mm-hmm. under. And honestly, I don't really hold the small business accountable either in, in many ways. Um, there's a limit to how spread out you can have your money. I know the the rule is if you have more than 250000 then you should be using two, three, four banks. But realistically, that's, re- that's almost impossible for a mm-hmm. small business that's running uh, payroll. So um, I believe I'm not a big fan of bailouts and I don't like the government stepping in and mm-hmm. getting more power. But at the same time, I'm a small business owner and I think to myself, that's a nightmare and it's at no fault of their own. So there has to be some sort of program in place above and beyond 250000 to help them out. There's been a few ideas thrown out there, uh, which I think are definitely worth considering. For example, one is deposits over 250000 Maybe those Uh, account holders pay some sort of a surcharge, or maybe they just earn less interest on their deposits to help go into some sort of an insurance fund. That makes sense to me. Uh, There has to be something that that backstops small businesses because it's not right to, uh, they have enough risk when it comes, you know, business risk, market risk, they don't need banking risk also. Yeah. Um, And so then the bank, then the FDIC decides they're going to make everybody whole in the, not only in the SVB, uh, situation, mm-hmm. but also in Sunrise and in there was one other bank right. that. Uh, but now has have they said it's a blanket thing? They will make it um, across all banks. They're not going that far, and in fact, uh, Janet Yellen, yeah, Janet Yellen made a comment today that kind of makes us think um, maybe they're only going to bail out the depositors of banks that are too big to fail. So it's still a big question mark. So there's still not uh, a lot of comfort there. And so in other words, I've kind of been telling people that 
suddenly cash is trash. Like mm. a couple of years ago, they were telling us cash is trash because it's not earning any interest and we should have it in all these crazy assets like meme stocks and Bitcoin because those are going <laughs> up. Obviously, that didn't end well. But now the cash is trash means a whole different thing. Uh, mm. Money in the bank is at risk. We don't know if they're going to 100% backstop deposits. And to be honest, FDIC insurance doesn't have the money to do that. So if something really uh, became contagious, the FDIC would have a mere fraction of what it would need to, to insure everybody. So it's a little bit scary. I mean, sure, they could just print to oblivion to fix Which that problem. Which they have been doing for the past <laughs> Which they've been years, doing. 14 yes. years. They could just turn it back on. And, and honestly, they've, the last couple of weeks, that's exactly what they've been doing. Mm -hmm. They've, If you look at the money supply in the US, it's going right back up. So um, our attempt to bring down inflation and all those sorts of things are really be, just honestly being unwound with this bank mm -hmm. bailout. So um, what people are doing is, which honestly, it surprised me, people are starting to put money in Bitcoin again, because at least I they know there is. I was wondering if this was going to come up. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, I was a little shocked. If it were me, I would go to treasuries because treasuries, if you hold expiration, there's literally no risk. You have some duration risk, which is what mm -hmm. uh, some of these banks are having trouble with. But if you're holding the security forever, you have almost no risk unless the U.S. government goes belly up. And if that happens, I mean, honestly, we have bigger We're problems. We're going to so. look for a cave when that <laughs> <Right>. happens. <laughs> so, Our uh, treasury yeah. bonds are not going to be the problem at that point. Exactly. <laughs> okay, so... In the next episode, we're going to talk about uh, what small businesses can learn from this. This is going to be a really interesting discussion. So uh, we'll see you in the next episode, folks. Peace, love and peanut butter. Have an amazing rest of your day. Thanks for tuning in, friends. There are two ways you can support this podcast. Firstly, become a paid member of our YouTube channel. Secondly, you can join our Patreon for as little as $3 a month. Both have options for exclusive ad-free content and early release content. Don't forget to subscribe and share this podcast with your friends. The Daily Coffee Pro is produced by Map It Forward and the music you're listening to is called Run 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 off of my album Laundry After Midnight. To get older episodes of this podcast, as well as more information on Map It Forward, head to mapitforward.coffee. You can find links and more information in the show notes below.